0: Welcome to SoFarscape. A fun-filled Farscape
1: fancast by a fervent fan. And a frankly fascinated first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And, and this, this is, is the story, story SoFarscape.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, so this is one of those, you know you're 40 when jokes, but I seriously, I think I bruised a rib while lying down wrong.
1: Oh, uh, you're you're just really the princess on the uh, P, aren't you?
0: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, pretty much like that. And, you know... There's a lot of stuff that you do with your body that sort yeah. of affects your your ribs, and now it's going to be fine. It's going to it's going to heal on its own. But in the meantime, hey, let's ha- let's. It only
1: hurts when you laugh. right? Exactly,
0: exactly. So, can we just have a, a nice laugh-free, just straight up, just straight-faced Just Serious? talk about the episode? Yeah, nothing, yeah, nothing yeah. funny. No interesting exactly. comments
1: that would might make with you. Nicknames?
0: Nervous. No. I mean, okay. We've, we've had so much fun over over these many many episodes. I think this one we can just. I just just chill out. Well, if anything, I mean, the last few episodes have been
1: kind of, I won't say dour, but like, you know, dramatic. Uh, yeah. This one's a little bit more, I mean, there's a lot of drama here as well, lots of family drama. Yeah. But, but there's also other moments of levity, which we will, for the benefit we'll of you, which, skip. skip. Yeah, yes. exactly. Uh, no, sorry, thank you. Is, yeah.
0: Thank you so much. No, I'm really looking forward to this. Because <laughs> so, no, yes. God, God. Okay. <laughs> We're talking about...
1: Episode 302, Sons and Lovers
0: Yes, which, hey, last time I made a little boo-boo and I said Oh, did you know that that's an Australian soap opera? It's actually called Sons and Daughters Right uh, In which religious zealots with a magnetic personality Have our heroes uh-huh.
1: taking a vent walk In which a release of fluids is tabled but not taken up Thank you, Sarah
0: When Fluffy gets snooped <laughs> Let's try that again, shall we? Yeah, yeah, Yep. Yeah. When Fluffy gets Snoopy, a cold stranger thaws and a warm friend turns icy. Will our crew weather the storm of an annoying fridge magnet and backlogged fluid levels? What a tangled web. Thank you, Jenna.
1: And the mall of the uncharted territories mostly sells chaos, unfortunately. Dargo finds a new girlfriend, and she's a lovely shade of purple. Aaron thinks of the children and buys a very nice gun. Religious fanatics have magnetic personalities, and hey. DRD actually stands for dowsing Rot drone. <laughs> Thank you, horse oh, Very
0: good, yes. What's the shade of purple? I have no idea. Hmm, okay. The gang visits a space station that starts getting hit by space storms while helping the people they find the source of the storms. Keep an ear out for Pilot's maniacal laugh. Yes.
1: Oh dear.
0: Yes, I've I have notes about that. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yeah, thank you Billy Roberts for that one. So, I I did some reading up on this episode because it's it's kind of cool that after wrapping up the threads left by Dime Dichotomy in Season of Death, mm-hmm. um now we get an episode of the week, as you've called yes. it. Yes. We get an episode as episode. And even like the David Kemper talked about it, yeah, this is just one of those early episodes where you're not really that worried. Right? Because it's yep. early in the season, you're just looking to entertain people, He'd keep them hooked for uh, for later in the season when you start really building the... Uh, and like, Justin Monjo had just read The Perfect Storm, and so he wanted to do like a Storm
1: episode. episode. So we, they are on the station, and I'm wondering,
0: have we switched FSFX Studios again? Ah, uh, very good. No, we're still with the same one that did Season 2, Animal Logic, but they've stepped up. Uh, like, everyone yeah. noticed, wow, okay, they've really...
1: Very uh- shiny, very bright, lots of, like... Arcs of light and space going
0: on. This whole space station is so cool. There's a there's a sort of plasma environment. It's made up of these uh, spherical and ring shaped objects. You see some some things that like there seems to be like a monorail on the outside, yeah. swirling around one of them. It's really great. First time it came into view, I actually thought it was a spaceship. Yeah, uh, you'd think, right? Because no, it's a the station. Camera pans back, and it's huge.
1: That's big. It's very big. Apparently oh yeah, because Moya is enormous, but Moya kinda is dwarfed by this station.
0: Yep, yeah, she's just nozzled up against it alongside I guess probably some other some other ships. Yeah, I really love that. There's so many lights and reflective surfaces. It's really great. But this isn't what the episode opens with. It opens with Rigel having some issues
1: with his television.
0: Yeah, he's a bit of a creep. <sighs> work, Frel <shall> you work. <sighs>
1: he's being a creep again like
0: real yeah we hear
1: some sounds in the background which i mean i kind of immediately pegged as
0: uh you uh, what
1: oh well (laughs) okay i'm not making any uh guesses about what exactly it is that shana and jothy get up to when they're uh, having a little bit of fun but uh yes rigel is like using some one of the it's not a clamshell. It's like a different thing. It's like yeah, the, it's a sort it's, of flower petal. It's a sea shaped. urchin, I suppose. Oh, so we got the clamshells. Nice We're oh. going to stay with the marine type creature. Like so it. we've got the urchins and the uh, clamshells. Nice. Uh, and it allows him to do a little peek in on Chana and Jothy going at it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah they're uh, they're which, having a good time, it seems
1: to excite him quite a bit, so he's being his little creepy old hynerian self again
0: he's even rubbing his his own eyebrows, ear, which yes. is so so creepy, yeah apparently like he's come around on 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 biped like Mivonk rubbing, or maybe it's just Tiana, although he does make some other comments later on in the
1: episode about like being exactly against that sort of thing, again, yeah so, but it's just him being his hypocritical
0: self, I suppose. God, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at this one gif of Rigel, just just gleaming as yes. he as he as he voyeuristically watches this intimate moment between Chiana and Jothi. It is with
1: the eyebrows moving and a little approving nod at the end. Going like, yeah, wow, like that in, is something. Like he's in one of those coin-operated booths in the more shadier part of town.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No disrespect to sex workers, of course. We are very proud of our independent and uh, collective entrepreneurs here in Amsterdam, but there is still something very, very creepy about what Rigel is doing, invading their privacy. Right, yes. I mean,
1: it's fine if people are giving a performance and if it's like a performance art and they're fully aware of it. And But what Rigel is doing is literally like spying on people and creeping on them. So that's like entirely different from a…
0: Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's such a testament to the new puppeteers of rival though, and the, and the skin that he's been given. Yeah, now I'm just looking at the chief, and only now I'm noticing uh,
1: in the opening shot, Moya's there as well, and it's, it's like almost an afterthought that, to see uh, Moya there. Uh, yeah, in the in the space station, yeah. Yeah, yeah, being so small. I mean, any of those pods are bigger than Moya is. Yeah. Well, not quite, but she's a bit longer, but definitely
0: more volume, and Moya is enormous, so... She's yeah, a big station. She's a well-endowed lady. Yeah. Actually, she's not the only big person here because we. The the first person that comes into view is Mordil. He is the bartender. Right. Yes, the Russian spider crab bartender. Yes. It's like okay. <laughs> He's got like a a big flabby chin going on. Um, yes, he was he was modelled after Les. The uh, uh, the foul bartender from uh, uh, Men Behaving Badly. If you're familiar oh, with that, uh, no. British he comedy kinda, series. He kind of
1: reminded me of that guy who hangs around uh, the bar in uh, Deep Space Nine. He's also oh, got morn. the morn, yes, yes
0: with the uh, the ample chins. Right.
1: Although uh, this one, this guy is much hairier. I mean, he's got like this big walrus style moustache, and he's even got the Russian accent. Uh, and yeah. I'd li- like, li- like to see that even in the uncharted territories, they still have margarita glasses <laughs> so, in which they serve their cocktails. I'm very happy to see that. From a little shower head, yeah. which
0: is adorable.
1: Oh, and that, that's like one of those bar uh, di- drink dispenser things. Those are all, yeah, all fairly common.
0: Are they? Yes. Okay.
1: You get these. Uh, you get the little uh, post-mix dispensers. Oh, awesome. You, yeah, you, see you have them. Basically, there's like lines of uh, syrup going in, in in all the way to the head. And a line of uh, fizzy water, and it just gets all you just push a button on the end, and it mixes oh, the, soda, the soda that you want right at the end. Uh,
0: that's really cool. No, I've never seen that. It's, yeah, I, so, guess, I they, guess it's
1: like a soda fountain. Right, yes, it is, but it's all in a nozzle, and it's like you see them behind bars sometimes. And I guess this one has alcohol uh, options as well.
0: Yeah, something that Crichton says they're terrible, but once you get past the blue, blue slime, slime underneath, pure aviation, aviation fuel. fuel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I, I mean, I've had drinks like that. It's like, you know, you get you, you get yourself, well, not, not with the blue slime, but when you get a, like, a glass of wine and you go like, yeah, you know, the first one's terrible, the second one's bearable, but after that, like you've already got enough alcohol in your system that it doesn't really make much no, of a difference exactly. and you can just keep drinking them.
0: <laughs> and uh, Mordel the bartender, is listening to Crichton give Essentially two seasons worth of exposition, real quick. See, to me, it's unbelievable. You know, I can come to the mall, the uncharted territories, buy anything I want because I'm rich, and that leather S&M face wacko Scorpicon, he's, he's locked in here. So, you know, I, and you think, with all, you know, everything is going to be just fine, but no. My friend, she's sick, so we got to find a place where she can heal, and you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? No. We're loaded. His Harvey clone is locked up in his brain. Like, everything's fine, except, well, one of our friends is still dying. Uh, yeah. And so now we still have to have to help her, and you don't care at all, do you? And Mortal goes, no. no. I mean, he's a bartender. He's listening, but he's also being forthright. Uh, he's a great bartender, by the way. I'm going to hand you the, uh, uh, the oh. Creatures of Farscape book here oh, so you can right. see. Yes. So this is another creation by Dave Elsie. Damn, where, yes. Yeah, so th- they were given the task, okay, make this bartender. And he thought, okay a giant sort of spider person with, with eight legs. Yeah. And so you had like eight puppeteers in there handing out a lot of uh, a lot of these drinks. And on the second day of shooting, he goes over to Justin Monjo, and he's like, well, you can't really see it. You can't really see all the cool things he, he we're does. We're doing, yeah. Yeah, uh, because they, they shot him mostly close. And, and eventually Justin Monjo goes back to him. Well, yeah. Sorry. There's not a lot of room to get around him. You kind of designed a widescreen character, but we're not in a, in a widescreen yeah. set. So
1: that's a gorgeous sculpture of his uh, face too by the way.
0: I know, It's even got the sort of frumpy yeah, kind of look expression
1: to it and the little German
0: uh, pike ha- helmet hat fez thing that yeah, he's wearing. That apparently informed his uh, his Russian or his Slavic accent. Originally like on the set he recorded it very much like Les with the uh, oh I actually don't know the character very well, so I yeah. don't know which uh, which British accent he would have been speaking. Ooh. But then in ADR, he was asking, Can you make him more Russian? Thomas Halsgrove, by the way, who played uh, a Tokot. Must excrete. And a Scaron We are both impressed and daunted. And a Sheyang yeah. before he was really excited to be able to speak. <sighs> Probably
1: going to die anyway. I was just about to ask, is that a actor that we know? But Yeah. Do we know? Um, yeah.
0: This is the first time you've seen his eyes, I think.
1: Okay. <laughs> Damn, yes. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers, without whom
0: we would not have this fantastic book.
1: Also in the bar are a... Pair of, I would call them strapless evening gowns, but they're more like <laughs> gownless evening straps, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I hope it was warm on that set. Well, this was probably Australian it's a, it's summer It's an Australian, again,
1: Australian so. set, so yeah, it's probably going to be warm.
0: Uh, but yeah, it's it's quite fetching, I would say. I liked
1: it. They're kind of like looking around like they're like going to start trouble. Uh, yeah,
0: and you, you kind of don't know why they're getting a close-up, other than they're gorgeous. That's, yeah. They're really good. They've both got a, the, there's a... There's a male and a female, and they've both got a buzz cut, and they've got these facial tattoos that, that are dark on their skin, and they turn white as they cross their hair. It's such oh, a yes. look. Oh, yes,
1: it's a very good. And they've got these weird little nubbings on their cheekbones.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's, like, an anatomical feature of, these, uh, yeah. uh, of this species, or if it's, like, some kind of scarification or, like, underskin adornment.
1: It could be any of them. I mean, that's the fun part about... Like alien species like this, we get to like speculate about that and just like admire the gorgeous work that the uh, oh yeah the tattoos might even did. just be yeah. yeah
0: and these gold eyes oh and Dargo speaking of tattoos Dargo shows up and shows Crichton something that he bought which is these uh, burn them yourself tattoos yeah they're kind
1: of like big blocks which have like the the tattoo designs on them and as we yeah. later learn you just activate it and you just Jab them to your skin, and then it burns them into place in a rather painful way. I mean, like, yeah, okay. I mean, tattoos are never meant to be not painful. Well, painful is not the right thing, but it it really looks like you're getting the entire two hour process done in ten seconds. So it does seem like, a yeah, bit, yeah. But, you know, you don't want that all of that concentrated. I mean, it's it's bearable if it's drawn out for a bit and you have a break now
0: and again but ah, uh, yes you as a tattooed person <laughs> yes oh yes and you can also attest to the fact that there is no such thing as one tattoo only it's your first tattoo true although it took me a good 15 years to go to, to get the second one more than that yeah and they're both very fetching Well, thank you these i mean they're huge as well like have you ever made those in like in in school where you get like a pad of Cork or a uh, 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 foam, and then you take a oh, you take a chisel. What's one of those sort of semicircular chisels called? Oh, I know the Dutch word, which is guts. Okay,
1: like it's spelled guts, but it's pronounced yeah. guts. That's exactly uh, what I'm looking it's for. Called, it's called a uh, god, there's a word for it in English. I um,
0: wish we had babel bugs that yeah. would just solve it. Well, well, not necessarily, it wouldn't work off a podcast, I don't think. No, I guess not. Um. Um, but yeah, well, you take that and then you, and then you sort of carve away around the design that you've left. And then you use that and you slather it in ink yeah, and then you've it's, got it's, a stamp. It, okay, so it's like
1: a chisel, but uh, a curved chisel. Yeah. And there's a separate word for it. and I can't for the life of me think of it, but yes.
0: Well, good. Now we both have something that's going to bug us for the next of the episode.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to yell <laughs> it out the moment it pops into yeah, my head.
0: I look forward to that. Uh, speaking of yelling out the moment something pops, Chiana and Jothi surrender. They both say, no more, no more, no more. Yeah. Uh, because they've been going at it. Uncle. Uh, no, let's, uh, not get the,
1: let's not get the uncle involved. No,
0: God, this is bad enough. <laughs> they've been going at it in the, uh, the cold storage bay because apparently they like an audience. Well, well. Jothi doesn't.
1: No, they talk about like the frozen uh, bodies in the pods that they uh, rescued from the uh, the base.
0: Yes, the interons that they yes. got from the medical facility.
1: And apparently, it's a little bit creepy, uh, according to Jothi. But Chan explains that it's cold in here, and that that means that Dargo is go- they're going to be safe from Dargo suddenly appearing because he dislikes the cold. Has but, he established
0: quite clearly yeah. in the
1: last episode?
0: I hate the cold. Yes,
1: and Jothi complains a little bit that he thinks it's kind of cold as well, but I guess Chan has been keeping him warm, so.
0: Yeah, Yeah. they've been nice and cozy there.
1: Yeah, on the station and on Moya as well, uh, there are like more and more frequent station quakes, I suppose, space quakes, whatever you want to call them. Yes, things shake. Jostle and uh, and shake, but that's fine. It's just a uh, solar storm which is like brewing past and. They're yeah,
0: Mortal sort of talks like a Californian about minor earthquakes. Oh, it's yeah. barely three-pointer. Go back to bed. What <laughs> yeah. the hell's going on out there? Gamma disturbances are quite common in this area. Are you talking like storms? Uh, yes, no problem.
1: We see a little bit of Stark's old manic self when he asks to see if... <laughs> kind uh of
0: like that. He's an old
1: man Oh, dear. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, he's uh, kind, of, over, uh, kind of doting on uh, uh, Zahn, who is uh, still... Dying, as we are uh,
0: reminded of. Here, let me help you. I'm dying, Stark. I'm not an invalid. Don't talk like that. She's wearing a cowl over her head. She's kind of grumpy at Stark as well. I'm dying. I'm
1: not an invalid. Right, yeah, don't fuss over me. Whereas he is just, like, trying to be very concerned of her. And the people in straps start to, like, kind of harass John almost. It goes like, hey, are you, like... Crichton? Crichton, and, like, apparently he's getting a reputation. You know, I heard he destroyed a peacekeeper gamut base. Murdered an entire Nabari battalion. Even laid waste to a shadow depository. I was a devil.
0: Yeah. That is,
1: like, they're talking about and how he's, like, his exploits, how he destroyed a Gamak base and how other... Uh, Murdered
0: an entire, entire, like, regiment of Nabari. Rape, okay.
1: Raped and pillaged a few things uh, and like shadow depository uh, shadow depository and as you mentioned like there was no raping and just minor pillaging (laughs) Uh, doesn't deny the murdering or the uh, yeah gamut base destroying
0: undermining Eren's
1: attempt to evade
0: it because she could no he's not and we don't know who this cretin is no i've never heard of this cretin yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was like kind of cool how he was like Completely with that until they started listing, mislisting his exploits. And then he had to like, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to like step in and correct you on that one.
0: Oh, like, God. <laughs> yeah, they waited for him. They're very good security because that's how they identify themselves. They're their local security. So they probably had their eye on him for a bit, but they waited for him to guzzle more of that aviation fuel until yeah. they could pull this gambit on him. But uh, yeah, that's,
1: but that's the whole uh, joke. It's like they're kind of played for being people who are either going to harass them or want something from them. Yeah. Uh, and then it turns out that they're security. And which they only identify themselves after they've gotten the information that they were after. So it's, you know, the tip, typical copy routine is like... I mean,
0: they're they're mall
1: cops, right? This is a yeah, space mall. Right. And well, they're also... They have a little bit more authority than mall cops because, like, this is their space mall. Or at least they work for the establishment.
0: Yeah, we're not quite clear on that. No. Like, we don't know who, like, which species has, has territory here because they don't look like the same species as Mordel. No, definitely not. Right? But, fortunately, they're fans.
1: I knew you were Crichton.
0: Look, I'm not here for any trouble. I'm just looking for some aviation fuel shooters.
1: That's great, because in here, everything's on me. We hate peacekeepers.
0: They hate the peacekeepers. Yep. Uh, are you here to kill anyone else? Can I help? Yeah. Like, whoa, okay, security has a very different definition in the uncharted territories than he's like, used no, to. no,
1: I don't do any killing peeling. That's what my flunky is for uh, referring oh, to Aaron. his grunt. <laughs> his grunt, yes, that's oh, it. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, 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 wow. I'm not his grunt. But before Aaron can explode in rage, suddenly everything is shaken quite violently. The uh, uh, the space quakes have uh, have increased in frequency uh, until they're all shook around. Stuff comes falling from the ceiling. Yes,
1: beams break off and crash into people.
0: Everybody does the uh, uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation shuffle, throwing themselves around, and half the station comes down. And we go to the credits. Yes, new credits again, or would yes. the same
1: as last week as well? No. Uh, well,
0: no, they're the same as last week. But yeah. so it's a it's a new uh, theme song. Theme song, yes, that's right. Theme song, song. <laughs> this time by Guy Gross, who's been doing the uh, the music since uh, season two, instead of Subvision, who did it uh, uh, in the previous seasons. You've, I, I noticed you sort of observing some of the the words that have been said in the uh, right, and I was also trying to listen to the.
1: There seems to be a vague echo or undertone. Of stuff yes. that John is saying and I was trying to make out what that is, and if it's like John's subconscious or if it may be maybe Harvey who is like oh, speaking through Oh my god,
0: hand hand me my bag and I'll and I'll take my other book. Okay. There's the we have a transcript of the of the whole thing.
1: Alright.
0: Okay, okay. How about we how about we do it together? I'll do the ones in brackets. Okay. Oh,
1: we're just gonna do this like we're reading a uh, Like we're reading one of our fancies, yeah. Right, okay. My name is John Cratton. I'm lost An astronaut shot through a wormhole in some distant part of the universe God,
0: This is awful this is literal torture. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to stay alive aboard this shit. This living ship. They didn't say that. That's a mischancement. Yes, no, he did say it. Oh. So, because it's the, it's a sort of ghostly second voice. Oh, okay. That's a little bit harder to hear. Like, it's, right. a, it's, a, it's okay. a call and response. Because I thought I,
1: I missed out on the fact that he, like, didn't directly call it a living ship anymore. That's but right. Yes. It's the, it's the okay. sort of ghostly, so uh, it's yeah. one of the parts that I didn't hear. Of escape prisoners. My friends. If you can hear me. Beware. If I make it back. Will they follow? If I open the door.
0: Are you ready?
1: Earth is unprepared. Helpless. For the nightmares. I've seen. Or should I stay? Protect my home. Not show them. You exist. But then you'd never know. The wonders
0: I've seen. It's
1: interesting how he kind of talks here to a non-existent audience on Earth and the actually existent audience of the show.
0: Right. Now i'm not going to say anymore (laughs) and we can just sort of ponder about this but you can imagine like i had the exact same experience that you had the first time that i saw these opening credits i thought oh they were so great but i was hearing them over pretty shitty speakers because this was during an era where farscape aired in the u.s like six months ahead of the uk and i was not willing to wait for it to come on television so i was downloading like 300 megabyte video CDs. Oh,
1: dear, yes.
0: Which was the norm in, 2000, uh, in 2001. Oh, yeah. And listening to a crappy speaker, so I didn't really get all those words. words that they're saying. Which actually... Ties in very nicely to
1: the fan fanfic that we've been. I think it was last week, the one we did with the dolls. Actually, that was
0: two fanfics ago. That was before we started season three. Right. That was "Boys and Their Toys" yes, by Ooh, the shatty <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, that's a little bit of like a crossover.
0: Oh, first you war think he's got like there. a little, a sort of calm toy that he's recording lines into for himself Almost. to respond to? I'm just, I like I mean, that. I'm just saying the way that
1: this is written, it, you can both interpret it as being read to a, to the audience of the show as actually John talking to himself and actually talking. to to the people on Earth, yeah, it, it kind of works both ways.
0: And being of two minds in in, in right. general, well, he's, like very he's, much,
1: he's very much been of two minds recently, fearful
0: so. and hopeful.
1: Uh, I actually, uh, I actually meant
0: more in a literal sense, but oh yes,
1: yes. okay, all
0: right. They so, have uh, they have a lot of focus in this episode, fortunately, because uh, they have a crisis to solve. Yes, for a start, Aaron gets stuck again.
1: Under one of the falling uh, ribs, although that doesn't last very long. I, for a moment there, I thought that was going to be a, a, a focal part of the episode. You know, some, uh, someone is stuck again and we can't get them out. But no, that doesn't last
0: very long. No, not to one of the main characters, only to mortal who, right. he wasn't the most mobile to begin with, no, and uh, so now we- he's also been pierced by one of the memes, poor thing. I can't put the spike out of model, and I can't just leave him here. Well, he's going to die, isn't he? Well, yes, but... Blue. What does it matter if we
1: leave him? Who Sparky, just knock it off. Oh, yes, he is not going to do well. It's quite, quite early on established that... Yeah, it's like we're just working to keep him comfortable and he's probably not going to make it.
0: Yeah, Zan, uh, Zan tries to tend to him but observes that some artery has been pierced by the beam. It's yeah. bad bad news. There's lots of people in the in the, in the background. We don't see a whole lot of the other people in the uh, uh, no, in the
1: station. Very much not. Everybody kind of just like sods off as soon as they get the chance and presumably runs off to their own ships. Whereas on Moya, they've noticed this occurrence as well. Uh, The ship's been um, struck by great many things which were tethered to it. They're caught up in the docking cables and the uh, which actually look more like supply lines or things like that.
0: Yes, there were several sort of thick ass cables connected to uh, to Moya, so she must have been taken on uh, something was called like a pulse power generator. So she must be like recharging some of her mechanicals. Yeah. Yeah, nutrient transfers.
1: And pilot gets on Chana's case to like, yeah. There's been a breach of one of the the, the docks or the holes or the one of the hatches, hatches uh, needs and to be she needs to get moving. There's a hatch breach on tier seven. I'm on the way. She runs out uh, on uh, Jothi, who is like does a lot of sh- shirtlessness in the beginning of this episode. Yeah, he's like not just this scene. There's like a little bit later. He still hasn't gotten his shirt on, despite claiming that
0: he was cold. Well, he's only half Lux and Yeah, the other half is Sebastian. Oh, yeah, yeah they must. Like it cold.
1: Yeah, on the way out, she runs into Rigel, who is being like...
0: He is a real shit, and I hated this part of the episode. Like, he, right. calls, her, yeah. he calls her a slur. A slur. What's, the What's the matter thing? with you, Rigel? I heard you. You heard nothing? Freezer chamber. Young half-breed. Any of this getting you wet? <clears throat> she, she challenges him to keep his lips shut, and, and he says, well, you do the same with your legs. Like, he's being a real guarded yes. person. Despite the fact that he was like obviously was, into it, and yes. he's like he's doing the like oh ashamed of his own like interests, I suppose the dominar doth protest too much. I yes, think
1: totally. But he also does inform her that Luxons have very good sense of smell, and that she stinks of sex, and yes, she can. That that Dargo will be easily able to smell Jothi on her.
0: Okay, I've got a new headcanon. Rigel is sleazily interested in Chiana. Yes, and, I mean, that's been op- kind of obvious from the start. And that's why he wants, like, he probably understands that he doesn't really have a chance with Chiana, but he does want to see her banging Jothy more. That clearly did it mm. for him. So he would like for her not to be discovered by Dargo. Oh, that makes sense. Because then otherwise, how is he going to get his free Skinamax? Yes, I
1: mean, I guess they don't get a lot of RTL Plus late night scrambled TV <laughs>
0: signal on Moya. <laughs> they certainly are scrambled, like you get another shot of this smashed up space station with Moya tangled in the in the web of cables. It looks so good. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, Very much like crowded space, though,
1: because like there's lots of nebulas in the back. There's kind of like a little bit of sun thing. I've noticed that a lot in modern game uh, video games as well. Lens flare. Well, lots of lens flare as well, but also very crowded with stuff. There's always things around to kind of hide the fact that space is really empty.
0: Yes, I mean generally space is very big and most of it's nothing. Yes, uh, but in this case, like there's that there's that nebula. Well, it also counts as uh, it's a binary star system, hence suns yes. in the title. Right, oh, that's about okay. as much yeah, as we get makes out sense. of it. Yeah.
1: The twin suns are quell
0: which is considered sacred to some. It's called the sacred stillness yes. for some religious order. We
1: get informed about that a little bit because yeah. the security chief, I suppose, or at least security member... Borlick, she's Borlick. called. I'm going to write that down because we're going to be mentioning that name
0: more in the... Uh... Let me just quickly verify that in the visual companion. Ooh. See, Yeah, I've got resources for everything. Borlick, and she was played by... Uh, some
1: australian soap actress
0: liana waltzman hey you don't know. I don't know but it's a fair gamble <laughs> it is a very fair gamble i've got to say they've made a lot of soap operas in. yes like, it exactly was a fantastic time actually that's uh, uh that's one of the reasons like at the end of this episode bit of a spoiler for those who haven't uh, uh, <laughs> seen it yet we encourage people to watch the episode and then listen to the podcast I suppose. yes exactly so at the end, we see uh, uh, Jothy announcing his intention to leave without, yeah. uh, without saying goodbye. And that was a function of they cast someone who was too good and very popular, like Matt Newton.
1: Right. Uh,
0: they kind of wanted to keep him around. But, I mean, you've seen him shirtless. And aside from that, like, he's also a very capable young actor. Mm. And his career was taking off in, in Australia. And he just, I guess he just wasn't available. It's so either, you know, give me a season contract or... Uh, yeah,
1: don't keep me stringing along. I, I Make him a... A permanent member, or yeah, put a ring on it, put him on a bus, as I believe is the official term. Is what, called. yes, it's what? It, it's basically when a character gets they get put on a bus, like they it means like put on a bus to wherever, and then the character disappears. And you know, they're not dead oh, or anything, but right, they can, they can right, always right. return. You know, the actor is unavailable, or they want to pursue other things for a while. Yeah, uh, it happens a lot. You see that in the uh, one of the most notable examples in the first season of Weeds the uh, oh, yeah. the older son has a relationship with a uh, local girl who is deaf, I believe, and then oh right, yeah. at the end of the season she just gets sent off to boarding school because the mother doesn't approve, uh, and we never see her
0: again. Oh, it was also in uh, in Battlestar Galactica, Billy Kakea. He was the aide to uh, President Roslin, oh, and then he yes. was reassigned briefly while he was uh, uh, while the actor went off to shoot a pilot that uh, uh, got picked up, but then like it cancelled after a season, and so he came back, and then he got another opportunity, and the producers were like, "Yeah, in or out." Oh, I think that's kind of appropriate. Like, that was one of the first things that his girlfriend on the show said to him. In or out. Ooh, yes. The door. In oh, or out. that's like, yeah. Uh, what's her name again? The, um, Duwala. Duala, yes. Oh. D. And then he said, okay, well, the next time that you want to leave, I mean, we love you, but next time you want to leave... You're out for good. We're going to have to kill you. Yeah. Okay, and it was really great. It was a fantastic episode. Like, yeah, we've,
1: we watched actually that was one of the shows that we watched together before we started our little podcasting adventure for Farscape. That's and right. it that kind of led into this whole podcast, wasn't it? That we'd spent some significant amount of time rewatching the entirety of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. The, re- the, the reimagined series. And then we were like, okay, let's look for something else. And then you suggested Farscape. And then, like, why don't we do a podcast about that? <laughs> and it turned out to be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm so
0: happy to do it because we're also, like, it also sort of stretches it out a little bit. And yes. We get to savor it. And we get to, like, talk about it, and people actually listen to us. Amazingly. It's funny. Even when one of us is sort of grunting, and and the rest of the time we're just both sort of marvelling over handsome shirtless actors who, oh, yeah. I mean, he still hasn't put it on his uh, his shirt by the time that the Interon… Um, the the frozen sort of uh, corpseicle, yes, has woken up.
1: Yes, he turns out that like uh, as Chana's running off, he notices that the, the pod's been opened and the, the guy moved. What the hell's he waking up for? I thought he was dead.
0: No, no, no. They they were quick frozen or something before they died. Stay where they are. know.
1: Can we just close it again? No, that's not going to be good for him. And they kind of yeah. like leave him out there. And this is like an interesting thing because like, okay, so the guy comes out of the pod. He talks to him a little bit, tells them that, like, he was, like, doing something with his friends and blah, blah, blah.
0: Yes, they were looking for uh, Dimordin's tomb in the the sort of Bergen Nebula. Right. And then they got sick. Him and Stannis got sick and they were found by Jewel. Like, it's all really quick. When you're in there, before you woke up, you hear anything? I sense some movement,
1: kind of a thumping sound. It didn't last long. Are you okay? Now I'm supposed to look after you, so don't do anything crazy.
0: Oh, friend.
1: And he throws up all over Jothi uh, and then dies. Yeah, and that's kind of like the last thing we see about him. It's not really mentioned again. It's like a little bit later on why like he still got his shirt off and it's like, yeah, he threw up on me or what's that smell? Uh, but yeah, I, I thought they would be making more about these people in these tubes it's something like that kind of happened in this episode and either they're trying to get rid of them or this is going to come back leave the body there for the entire episode yeah he's just like oh yeah yeah he kind of came out of his pot and we forgot about him and then well actually it's convenient because then they have an empty pot later on maybe that's what they just needed an empty pot huh yeah it's like oh we can just waste one of them we can
0: do the rest of the story with the other one we'd like throw out a few crumbs about the story which happened i wonder what that must have been like for that actor yeah, like th- maybe it was an actor who'd seen like the end of season, season two. Oh, they've brought those characters, those aliens on board. <gasps> I get to play one of them. Wow, I'm probably going to be a new recurring character. <clears throat> I'm going to practice an accent. Gonna, yeah. Like, and go, oh, this costume is really, I mean, it's really weird. It's kind of a really weird costume. You've got sort of leather shorts and, and lots of sort of ribbing and,
1: and, and, a, and kind of like a uh, hijab or uh, whatever they call the uh, uh, headscarf. A hijab. Oh, yeah, the neck piece. Right. Yeah. yeah, but it goes over his head as well, doesn't it? Or is that just his hair? I can't quite make it out. Oh no, that's just his hair. You're right. Sorry, yes, my bad. The,
0: the the hair is really interesting. Like yeah. sort of the way that some humans have like a widow's peak. They seem yeah. to have like multiple widow's peaks from yeah, which I'm the. I'm uh, assuming that's a stylistic choice and not a biological. Uh, well, let's see. Maybe we'll get to. See some more, but yeah, he just straight up dies and exits
1: the plot. Tiana, in the meanwhile, manages to close up the hatch. But after she does, and the uh, rapid uh, condensation of the air stops, she can actually see a childlike person.
0: We've got another problem
1: through a hatch on the other side, banging, banging on the, the glass on the help. other side, yeah.
0: and informs the people in the bar. Which hey, is there's someone out there. Yeah, yeah, that's John Aaron Mordell, uh Stark who is sort of milling about not doing a whole lot. Uh, And, of course, Zahn. Yeah. Mordil
1: knows uh, that these are, like, apparently some kids who got dropped off in daycare and who are now, like, in, like...
0: While their parents are shopping. Yeah, that makes so much sense. It does. Uh, Why the bartender
1: would know that? Yeah. Maybe he's in, like, in charge of the station. I don't know. It seems, seems like, a little bit big to be, like, run by the barkeeper. But mm, who knows?
0: Maybe it's like uh, Deep Space Nine, where you have, like, the promenade as one of the rings, but it's not the main one. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. There was a nursery there, for when the parents were shopping. How do I
1: get down there? You can't. Oh. All the connecting walkways are crashed.
0: No, 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 no. There's always another way in. If those filtration vents have integrity, they link to waste conduits in the lower part.
1: There's a little bit of pointing at, like, a big duct which is there, and I the go, like, oh, well, fortunately, if you happen to go through that duct over there and then down to, uh, to the left and upstairs two levels and then jump down and go across the corridor, you will be at the place where the daycare center is.
0: Over here? Yes, that's it.
1: And he, Yeah. Like, this guy knows his, like, station layout.
0: Yeah, especially of, like, what the fuck is that tube?
1: just some sort of air con- duck, conditioning duct, that's, that's large
0: enough for a, a, yeah, a humanoid and later, biped to stand and, up in. Yeah. And
1: later connects to what like, is like, implied to and be the sewer. And connects
0: to the sewer. Yeah. <laughs> that's the part that I'm, that I'm most curious about. And he yeah. also knows how the stewards run, despite the fact that, has he ever left? Like, does he get about? He's, he's so yeah. huge.
1: Yeah, so we get a scene where John and uh, Aaron are making their way through Yeah, the ducts. And there's a little bit of a bumpy and grindy going on there yeah, between the two of them. Yeah, they've got another proximity alert. Yes, there's, like, a lot of that. And, like, Erin, uh, yeah, I mean, Erin got stuck again, but, like, here she's, like, almost deliberately backing up against John, who is, like, leaning over her, and there's, like, a lot of steamy discussion about needs and wants and, like, rising body fluid pressures and <laughs> the possible relief of said.
0: <laughs> yes. You know, I've been thinking about us. you want to talk about this now? It's a good time. No one here to bother us. I know the pressures of living close.
1: How it can affect the safety of an entire battalion. Unless tensions are relieved.
0: So what do you suggest?
1: Well, in Peacekeepers, it was common practice to... uh,
0: reduce fluid levels. Fluid levels, like, uh, well, like Vaseline, like brake fluid, like sex. We can have sex if you want. They're kind of like having a husky
1: conversation, like someone's about to overhear them, when in fact they are in like a noisy air duct and they're like actually
0: on their way to rescue some children. But no, I guess the answer to that is because it's hot. Because that they're they're so hot and it's a beautifully lit, like, this is such a simple set. Like, it, oh, is, it yeah. is a little sort of ribbed tube that they're walking to. And it's, like, lighting from behind and from below. It's really cool. And she's talking about, okay, even though I've said that we can't get emotionally involved, we can't have sex. That but, is the Peacekeeper way, you know? Yeah. Like... Fluid, release of fluid pressure or, and, or
1: whatever. Yeah, and he goes like, oh, well, I don't want your charity. And Yeah, she goes,
0: he, he sort of grinds up behind her yeah. and she's really into it, grabs her by the boobs, she's really digging it. And then he sort of says, I've got two hands, honk honk, I can alternate, I can release all the pressure I want, yeah. I don't need you. I thought that was really cool, actually. Yes.
1: Yeah, because-, because I mean, last time this happened, she hit the uh, emergency eject system, and you know, and he's, <laughs> yeah. he's learned from this. Yeah, he knows that, uh, like, yeah, you know, okay, play, maybe play a little bit hard to get, I guess, almost. Yeah, I mean, it's not, he's not playing, he's obviously voicing concerns. He's like seeing what happens if he moves in too enthusiastically, so maybe he's like being a little bit more cautious Interesting. about it.
0: See, Ben Browder talked about how he didn't get it either, that uh, the Crichton was playing hard to get, until he sort of came around and realised, he says, I don't need your charity, and she says, And I don't need your emotions. But we can have sex if you like, and he's like, no. Yeah, I'm actually not going to do that. I'm actually not going to play this game with you. Mm. You need to admit how you feel and act on how you feel because that's how it is. How it right. is for me. Yeah, he's he's rejecting this idea that she can have her cake and eat it too.
1: Exactly, like not not have the emotional attachment which she clearly kind of also wants, but has. And like, still, like, impossible to admit the, to. Yeah,
0: yes, the the sexual desires. I mean, obviously, like friends with benefits is totally a thing, but that's not what they are. They are really no. into each other. There's two things about this, and I'm going to invoke him in
1: mean, Taka 3 here. Hell yeah. Uh, so, it, one, it's, like, t- typical for Aaron to bring up this discussion while they're working, while they're <laughs> in the corridor, <laughs> yeah. like when they're, like, on their way to, like, rescue some kids and goes, like, oh, yeah, by the way, we can have sex. And, like, I'm grinding my butt up against you to prove that point.
0: Yeah, and she says it so reasonably. Well, we're away from everyone else and we're on our own. Exactly. And then at the end of the episode... She's back
1: to her, like, oh, no, no, like we're not having any of this. So I've got a pet theory here that, like, Aaron just, like, gets horny during stressful work situations when there's tension. And, like, when there's, there's,
0: like... (gasps) I mean, yeah. I mean, it started... Let's walk through this. It started with the flax. Right. Oh, I guess when they were doing the... She just likes
1: a little sneaky little bit of afternoon delight on the side. Like, she doesn't want a like, flowers wow. and banquet and building up to it. like, no, no, she wants a quickie behind the prowler while the maintenance <laughs> crew is off doing, like, an oil change. Like, that's her thing. Like, she wants...
0: Yeah. A- <laughs> I mean, I kind of get it, I guess. Like, we all have our, our, our different associations with, you know, making whoopee. And, right. like, for some people it's a, it's, a, it's a very romantic thing and you sort of build up for it. And some people, they kind of like the sort of wherever we happen to be when our... if our blood pressure's up anyway... And I suspect that in
1: her case, it's just the fact that they're pulling a sneaky. I mean, that makes sense. Like, you know, if, 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 okay, Gosh, so like yeah. casual sex is kind or casual sexual relationships, as it say, is kind of uh, the norm in a peacekeeper society.
0: Very much so. Uh, it's mandated. Right. Yeah. Uh,
1: so I can imagine that like, you know, like doing a little sneaky on the side, like that's just her thing. That's how she like.
0: Yeah. If that's how you grow up with it. Right, right? T- exactly. T-
1: that's If that's the norm, then that's how you're, you expect things to be. Then that's kind of, that's also what kind of does it for you. Yeah. Th-
0: there is some, for, you know, for people who work that way, there is, there's some sort of conditioning to how, it that yeah. you...
1: However, as she is, like, starting to take her jacket off,
0: things oh, fall, literally fall through, because she goes <laughs> crashing through a hatch down into the lower levels. It is such a great shot. It is filmed from between Crichton's legs. Yeah. She turns around, unzips her jacket, says,
1: What are you afraid of, John?
0: And she's about to show off her boobs when she crashes through the floor yes. into the sewer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bit
1: of discussion back and forth. But no, she's immediately back on mission. Like, oh, we actually found the sewer that he was talking about. And now, now I'm going to move ahead. She's like immediately back on track. Yes. It's like no and more of the horniness. It's-
0: John's the one who say, Aaron, you stay there until we help you. And it's like, no, she's like a cat who has nope, made a plan. Not for having a- any of it. A d- a d- a- Actually, she's very much like a cat. She had a particular plan, then she dropped down. It's sort of like my late cat that I had in my teenage years, Safi. She was really wonderful. And she'd be walking across the room with extreme determination. You would sort of pick her up, turn her 45 degrees and set her down again. And she would continue walking with the same determination at whatever was, okay, new plan. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody's gathered together back in the bar. You've got Rigel and uh, John Stark and Zahn trying to formulate a plan. Rigel advocates for, "Hey, let's all get onto to Moya and haul out of here. Let's bail."
1: Yeah, let's right? GTFO, we're yeah. We're, there's we're, just
0: some children. Crichton calls him the world's greatest humanitarian. And they start. They try to sort of make a plan for how to how to get out of this. And, but, and
1: yeah, pilot informs them that like no can do. He's been trying to back Moya out of the uh, station, but. She's tangled up, and someone will have to, like, undo the cabling. So that plan of Rigel Tula just, like, make a run for it, gets shot down because of that. Well, the- oh, yes. And, and they pull a ship aboard.
0: Yes, which
1: also we'd never see again in the rest of the episode. There's another ship close by. It seems intact. Try to bring it in using the docking web. I'll
0: try, Dago when he was shuttling around moya to inspect her damage he also saw this uh, uh, this craft floating around asked a uh, pilot to bring it aboard it's still got its defense screen active which is kind of cool yes
1: this rippling effect and it's it like entirely surrounding the thing
0: and yeah that's kind of all we get about it because his focus is now mostly on on chiana and, and Jothi, who's been like what does that smell and he goes like i bathed i did twice
1: Twice, Twice. Yeah. I did. <laughs> God, he's been no, so... No, there's something else there. And like, oh, it must be the perfume oil I was wearing that Shanna gave me, like, out of someone's stash. Zan. She always steals from stash. Zan. Yes. It's my Basim oil. What?
0: I didn't take it. I found it in your chamber, dear. Yeah. Well, maybe it just... Okay, so I took it. Arrest me. Look, Shiana,
1: when we agreed to let you stay and on... We'll
0: and, like... <sighs> Dargo tries to tease him about it. No, no, no it smells nice. Smells good. Nice. Yeah. And Jothi isn't having any of it. Well, He's Jothi's
1: be extremely paranoid petty. about getting like discovered that he'd been getting it on with Shana, so he just like over kind of overreacts and stalks yeah. off and, and Dargo's like oh, that was really teasing. Like still, Dargo is still clueless at this point. Starts trying to like make advances on Tiana. Shana who goes into super defensive This mode. was an
0: interesting rhythm. Yeah. Because he approaches her saying that he's been a real ass and he wants to apologize uh, and she says she's not ready to talk. Yeah. Uh, and he tries to press her. Something I'd like to talk to you about. It. Uh, look, Dargo, I'm not, I'm not ready to talk now, okay? What do you want me to do, beg? I said no, I'm sorry. I don't sorry, want I... You to
1: beg. I just, I'm not ready to talk. Just because you're ready to talk, it, it doesn't mean that I am. Yeah, and she seemed genuinely worried, afraid at this point. It was like... Really strong character expression. Yeah. She was lost like, oh panic mode and on Shana.
0: And then Dargo is sort of disappointed and takes a step back, and she takes a step forward and like caresses his cheek. Like anytime that, that he's too affectionate, she pushes him away. Yeah. And anytime he's hurt by her, she tries to like console him. Like yeah. she's Which kind of like, you know, mixed signals. I mean, this is kind of what she's what she's up to. She's trying to reject him because he loves her more than she wants to be loved, mm. right? The more of that commitment, or at least yes, plans that she doesn't want to be a part of. Yeah. Oh, yes. And she knows that he won't go take no for an answer, even as we hear later on here. Yeah. Well, no, it was earlier in the exchange with uh, with John when he showed off the tattoos. This is how these are union tattoos, and he says, "Well, hey, bud, but what if she says no?
1: Oh, she's not going to say no to me, right? Yeah. It doesn't
0: even occur to him. Yeah. So like, she's in this. I mean, they're both in this really complicated situation, and she, like, she nopes out of this by saying she has more hatches to check. Mm-hmm. And this is when Dargo kind of feels what's been going on.
1: Yeah, he starts to realise, because, like, what John was saying earlier on, he might have a point. It it's like, finally oh, all clicks. Yeah. He goes, like, oh, wait, this is what John was talking about. Yeah. Oh. We get to see a little bit of the old Stark, who goes almost petulant child when he asks to, to see uh, how... Zan's doing.
0: Yes, he asks her to remove the cowl from her head and she won't do it. Don't worry about me, Stark, it's all right. Let me look at your head. No, just stop. I said, let me look at it! Let me look at it now! Like, yes, he freaks out at her. Like, show me, show me, show me, show me. Yeah, he but he like, yells. But he yells
1: in almost exactly the same way as he does uh, to... Uh, My side, your side. Right, yeah, yeah when, uh, or uh, to uh, Scorpius when he's, like, in the uh, cell. yeah, yeah. It's just, like, his, this kind of, like, manic little... The uh, tantrum that he throws. But yeah, yes. it
0: seems like they sort of forgot about... I, this is uncharitable, but, like, it was such a cool thing that he only pretended to be crazy. Right. And then that has kind of gone out the window. That he kind
1: of, like, shows a little bit... I mean, it makes kind of makes sense that, like, when you he just, like, over-exaggerates aspects oh. of, his, uh, of his personality or character...
0: Oh, now I remember. Uh, now I'm remembering. A, it was a British series about prisoners in a. Uh, it was a Second World War series. Prisoners in a like a Nazi camp. I think it was. Oh, what am yeah. I remembering now? Called something. And it was uh, one of these episodes was about someone who pretended to be crazy as a as a means of like escaping from yeah. this prison or being like transferred, uh, and pretended so much that he actually became like that. There was no right. way back. Cold mm. it. That's what I'm thinking. Okay.
1: About. I mean, I guess on the, on the other hand, you have got like a, a clinger in Mash who's kind of like doing the same
0: thing. Oh, is that what I'm thinking of? I don't know. It was, it was like, a sort of Catch-22 kind of... Uh,
1: no, no, he's the one who's like the, the cross-dressing sergeant uh, who's... Uh, all right. You know, he, t- he tries to get himself out of on a mental discharge, so he t- he's constantly wearing dresses on duty and stuff like that. But, you know, MASH was a comedy show, so you yeah. know a guy in a dress is like apparently the hilarity of comics, especially in <laughs> British comedy for some, for some yeah, reason. Yeah, well... Something, in in the- the, something about the British military, the guy in a dress seems to be the funniest thing in the world. No offence to our British listeners, but, you know.
0: No, of course. I mean, there is a, there is a very famous photo of a, a, a platoon of, I think, like, it's a giant mortar, like in a First World War colour photo. A, it's a
1: gun battery, but yeah. A gun battery, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Where all the operators, like, are still wearing dresses because they, they were doing a drag show. A rehearsal they, for that, yeah. A rehearsal, <laughs> yes. And then it got called into duty. Yeah. And so, yeah, no time to change the uniform. Fantastic photo.
1: <sighs> the swords are worse. Yeah. Weakening is progressing
0: much faster, much faster than we predicted. Zan peels back her cowl, and she is not doing well. She's got 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 all these sores on her head. Yeah, her slime—that's all sticky. Yeah,
1: slimy plants generally not a good sign. Yeah, uh, and there's but okay. So there's a comment about that you will find a planet where the soil and the moisture is just right. So yeah, I've got a fifty fun buck prediction here. Zan, Three is digits. Going. we've been oh, over this. Okay, 150 then.
0: They're, whoa, it's nice. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an impressed world. Okay,
1: Zan is going to buy it at some point. She is going to get planted, and we're going to get a new Zahn. and she's going to level up as a priest. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let us uh, let us see how that turns out. It's going to be like you know Bet Star accepted. Trek, Star Trek Genesis, uh, whatever it is like. Oh, the Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan. Yeah, is isn't where like uh, yeah. No, right. Genesis at the beginning. We're going to have some sort of like that. Yeah.
0: Spock's she's, Spock's Khan's going
1: to die. She's going to get buried, and like as a plant, she's going to re-rise. I'm going to have a news on.
0: Accepted. There you go.
1: So, Aaron, I wonder, how, I wonder how many of our listeners just
0: went screaming like, into e- their headphones. Yes. Yeah, we, we'll find out, won't we? I guess we will. Aaron is walking through these tunnels, which she's going to continue to do for quite a while. Yeah, there's
1: like the old shot of her doing that, and like not much else happening with her for the last bit. When we guess the next episode of Family Feud, <laughs>
0: is that what it is? No,
1: sorry, Family Feud is not what it's. Family Feud is like what family we call. Family Feud is a game show, yeah, what isn't we call it? F- You're five thinking to- of Jerry Springer? <laughs> well, yes.
0: Oh, it's a Jerry Springer kind of family. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry. No, yes. Shiana and Jothy are sitting over this corpse that they're not clearing up. Yeah, and Darkdo comes in and goes like, oh, what's this thing I smell? What's that smell? What is that smell? What's that smell? (laughs) I bathed. I did. Twice. Gee, what is that smell?
1: Woo! And they both play it very, very poorly. Badly, yep. yeah.
0: The cat comes out of the bag. Dargo walked in here with uh, with suspicions, catching both Jothi and Triana here together while they were talking about like how foolish it was and that they can't tell him. Tell who? Yep. They try to lie, but they're terribly bad at it. It's all breaking
1: down. Basically, and it comes out of the bag that they've been frelling together. Uh,
0: Dargo understands without them saying so. He says, yeah. you betrayed me. And he, and he eyeballs Jothi.
1: Yes, and he kind of goes like, I mean, Dargo is being an old school ass the entire episode, actually. But he what, has
0: been for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, totally. That's yeah. been like kind of like been building the last few episodes. But he actually grabs one of those tattoo things. He asks Jothy, "Like, would well, you know what this is?" Uh, and then, like, it's something about honor and duty. Although yeah. he, he originally described it as one of the mating tattoos.
0: They're union tattoos. Huh? They are burned into our
1: skin. Mm. Cool. Uh, which came in a, like an interlacing pair. Like the one one was bigger than the other. It fit over the other one. Oh. And he only takes one of them. And he kind—he literally like activates it and jams it up against Jothy's stomach. Which is like, you know, abuse.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. He, he he burns him. It's incredibly painful. Jothy uh, falls over. Yeah. This whole scene, I mean, as atrocious as Dargo's behavior is, the the performance by uh, by Anthony Sivko. oh yeah is it's fantastic fantastic yeah. and like it is well filmed he's filmed from below making him look even more tall and imposing versus the much younger and smaller Jothi and uh, and Chiana and his his icy rage is palpable he is he's emotionally rejecting both of them he's being controlling domineering threatening he even like after he's abused Jothi he wheels on Chiana uh, and says you will never be worthy of these yes
1: never tell me also i will never listen to anything you say again yeah which is going to come up later again in the episode but yes yeah very powerful scene and yeah i'm sitting there going like oh this is going to cause some tension later on
0: but Yeah, gosh, really? What gave it away?
1: (laughs) It's going to, like, cause some friction among the crew.
0: Well, yeah, they've certainly had their share of friction already. Um... What well, with the Mivonk rubbing and everything. Oh, yes. And, like, this ep-
1: comment that Dargo later makes uh, towards John about, like, putting his hands up against the wall and asking him to spread his legs so he can get kicked in the Mivonks. So that's where his Mivonks are. I time. mean, yes. Okay. We, we get a little bit of, like, finally that. We get some closure on that one. <laughs> Should have put some points on that. Um, <laughs> but, yes, Stark, meanwhile, has been making himself useful by doing a little bit of DRD reconfiguration. Yes, he's he brought it into a dousing rod. And Yes,
0: very good. <laughs> He's, he's brought most of the DRDs over from Moya on t- to help, like, search for uh, survivors or damage or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because they, they found that, ah, yeah, bit of plot, that this is not the first swamp castle to have fallen into the swamp. Right. This Several
1: th- other space stations have also been uh, destroyed. In this One by st- fire. Yep.
0: Yeah. One by asteroid uh, in the sacred stillness of the Campex, I think they call it. Yes, like that. apparently,
1: so this local region around this uh, binary sun is considered to be holy by certain people, and it's being the fact that they are using it for trade is yeah. desecrating it, which Borlik tells us quite early on in the episode.
0: And, and Stark recognizes the name Campex as uh-huh. well. Campex, this is their sacred stillness. So apparently, like, he's familiar with this sect or this concept.
1: And the storms that have been, like, hitting the station are being drawn towards it. Like, pilot actually comments that one of these solar storms, like, suddenly did a 90-degree turn uh, and got diverted. So, like, clearly someone is guiding these. And he's built something to search for the signal. Uh, There's a little bit of dousing going around the bar. And it turns out that it's actually the uh, Borlik who is, like, emitting the signal.
0: Yeah. Hey, did you recognize the DRD?
1: Not specifically, no.
0: Oh, they call him One Eye because he's got a little bit of blue tape around. Oh, he's one the of one his... that
1: like got fixed by John in like episode one or two, or, like really on early on in yeah. the uh, series. Ah, very good. Yeah, Oops. no, I didn't notice the. Uh, now that you mention it, I can see the Najib. Yes, but, he's got a little uh, bit yes. of
0: blue tape around one of his stalks. That's oh. so nice. Yes. See, you're fixed. Go play.
1: Borlik goes immediately uh, weird. She turns in. I mean, I'm, I've got like my note like beware of a phrase repeating zealots.
0: Oh yes. Oh, she sounds really creepy as yeah, she's chanting that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she actually goes
1: floating up in the air and sticks herself to one of the ducks.
0: Yeah, she somehow, like, turned her eyes white and magnetized herself and this is her way of ensuring that this station will be destroyed. And she's just chanting, chanting, chanting incessantly until Rigel offers first to kill her by ramming, which... He just does a lot of headbutting against her, which seems to be like, you know... Weird. Worm, well, are you ready to die in the cleansing apocalypse? <sniffs> myrobe, worm, my are you ready to die Lay in a cleansing ramming? Rigel, cut it out. I'm going to kill the bitch now.
1: <behind> but then there's, like, talk about cutting her off and, like... Spreading her around the station, and it's not going to stop her from sending the signal. Or and they can't cut open the pipe because it's some sort of conduit. Refrigerant. Yeah, yeah, and we'd
0: all freeze within a microt. Ten microns, I believe. But yes. But so, <laughs> Rigel Rigel gags her by stuffing, I guess, a, a Jothi's strap into her. <laughs> Shove it in, deep Roger says Crichton, which I think I'm going to get some mileage out of. There's <laughs> some sort of mention of a holy gasm or
1: something. I'm not quite sure what they call a it. But what? I don't know. I've got it written down as a holy gasm. It sounded like one of the things that they were talking about. But when? I don't. Know. Somewhere in this. Uh, somewhere were you in accidentally this... like?
0: Did you dip into the fanfics that I told you never no, to look at? No, no, no. I'm very sure <laughs> that I
1: avoided those. Whoa. Um,
0: but the whole will embrace even you if you repent.
1: Yeah, so there's that going on, and they're going to have to find a way to like divert this signal or at least uh, stop the next storm, because it's going to hit the station within the next two hours.
0: And their plan is to use her magnetic attraction to drag her from the station onto something that they can transport. Now, is there any of this hydro steel on Moya? Turns out, yeah. The, yeah.
1: the recently vacated life uh, freezer pod that they have.
0: Convenient, isn't it? Yeah, so lovely. Things start moving. I mean, it felt like they started moving quickly, but that's, I guess, mostly because uh, 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 so much of this relationship stuff has been developed early in the episode. So two things need to happen: Moya needs to be freed, and they need to get that casket into the bar. Yes, and for that they need Dargo's help. Right. So off is John to go talk to Dargo, who is deep in his flask. He says, "You know, don't you? Yep. Did you know when I was showing the tattoos? No, no. like." And I love that there is no doubt. Yep. Right. That's he still got his paranoia because right. Dargo says, "Oh, they're bragging about it, aren't they?" He's imagining that. Uh, yes, uh, it's, it's Chiana and Jothi. But he goes about, like, "No, it was Rigel who told us." And John is being a really good friend. Yes, like he's being he's being honest, caring. He's letting Dargo react how he wants to wants to react, giving him a space when he needs it. And Dargo, like, this is what he needs. He needs. You know, his, yeah. his buddy. We don't have time for this. Yes, I know. I heard you talking to Pilot. You want me to go outside and help free Moya? While well, I go grab Barlick. Well, why do you get Chiena and Jothi to do what they like working together? Dargo, they can't free the Cable. They're not as strong as you are. They're not as brave. They're not as smart. Oh, look, don't. All right? Just don't. If you don't go out of Moya and pull that cable off, we're all going to die when that storm hits.
1: Then we all die. John just like does a massive eye roll and goes like, "All right, I'm going to do it myself then."
0: Yep. Does he have a new space helmet? He does not. Uh, alas. Okay. No, yeah, we've I seen kind of, him.
1: Uh... I kind of thought it was a new one.
0: Oh well, it's a bit later uh, on, but... Hang on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So first they uh, uh, they get the uh, uh, the casket over to uh, to the bar. And meanwhile, Dargo decides to go on a spacewalk, which Pilot thinks is a little bit... Weird. Yeah, I mean, we know that he's, like, susceptible, like not quite as susceptible to
1: vacuum as everybody else is, but apparently just a mask works fine. It's like, it doesn't really work that way, like, you know, pressure differentials and...
0: So, Luxon's apparently can handle yeah. vacuum for up right. to 15 mi- uh, right. minutes just fine, and then after that he's got a, what he calls a breathing regulator right. to help him with the rest, and apparently this is fine for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, if you have a mask over your face, then you have to have it pretty tight to be able to contain one pressure difference of atmosphere. That's going to be super uncomfortable.
0: Uh, maybe he has a very different way of oxygenating his blood. Or uh, but We can, other-
1: can also still talk, which requires air.
0: We have air in here. That's true.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah just
0: saying. Okay, like, yeah, no, know, let me think. Transmission me think. of sound yes, waves that's right, and that's all right. that stuff.
1: But yeah, he goes out like kind of pissed. Uh, Onto... Moya's Moyer. exterior yeah, as so we, an actual set. We actually get a close up of Moya's exterior with them walking and crawling around it. It looks like a lot of styrofoam which has been painted over. Shh, shh, just pretend. It's come just, on. It's only a model.
0: No. Oh, <laughs> it's a really great
1: model It is. Though. It looks great. He actually like tethers himself with that which I thought was a good thing. Uh, yeah, for pi- someone
0: who's going out with a suicidal like yeah. attitude, he tethers himself versus Whereas John Crichton. who doesn't. Yeah. Okay, I, no, that. I knew you were going to notice that. <laughs> It's all sort of veiny and pitted. On those few shots from like horizon level, we see gas and we see debris flying around, Uh, his his hairs being whipped around. It's all filmed in slow motion to suggest the lower gravity because Pilot has created an inertial field which will allow him to move around on the skin but won't stop him from flying away. So I guess it's sort of like a low gravity. Low gravity, but I guess it's also very localized. Like, the closer you are to the skin... That makes sense, yeah. Right? And then it's going to drop off a lot faster than gravity regularly does. Yeah. They managed to get Borlick
1: unstuck from the uh, duct and into the uh, chamber. She's so petulant about it. Yeah, she's like so... Yeah, she's so sort of like, oh, oh no.
0: no, foiled. <laughs> oh no. While Dargo pulls a few of the cables loose. His, his path is blocked by two what looks like electrical cables that need to be neutralized before it's safe to proceed. And apparently
1: neutralized just means holding one in either hand and jamming them together.
0: Uh, shorting them and electrocuting himself.
1: In the process, yes. Don't do it! <laughs>
0: Most peculiar procedure, but it works. Crichton uh, suits up to go and rescue him. Jothi and Chiana both come offering their help, and he rejects them both. Yeah. Uh, to, to Jothi says, "You know, I'm half Lux and I can survive out there. You don't know that, and I don't need to be rescuing two people." Yes,
1: very good point. Right. Yeah, yeah. That is so. I mean, first rule of first aid: never make the situation
0: worse. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, and Chiana as well. Like, we need help elsewhere. I'm going to take care of this. He pops on his helmet doesn't really seem to have a seal no i guess he just trusts it a lot it's, maybe uh, it's
1: maybe it's from the like rugby style helmet of uh of, of farscape modules that we're still dealing with
0: i wonder if they just operate with
1: extreme
0: overpressure yeah just like you if you pump enough air through it
1: it'll be fine
0: right yeah such a great effect all these fragments of station flying around as he's uh, making his way in slow motion crawling He's really showing off his backside in these. Oh yes,
1: your butt must be made out of reinforced (laughs) cranek. those are which is a good luck, which is good luck, uh, a lucky shot because, like you know, normally his uh, flight suit would like inflate and go all puffy, and you wouldn't see any of that. So uh I guess it's glad that the inertial field is keeping enough atmosphere (laughs) around there to make sure that the uh, material
0: uh, doesn't pull away from his firm. The browder butt. Ooh, they're 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 like. Two hunks of jamon iberico in a (laughs) sort of black leather tarp. It's grand. Unfortunately, uh, Mordil uh, dies on us. Just Ah. as Aaron reaches the nursery, which needs an access code. Yes. I guess
1: that's a good safety feature. I guess that makes sense. You you can't get at the kids without the security code.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I sort of like to imagine that it's one of those shopping malls where there's a a chute that mom and dad can throw their kids, kids down, <laughs> oh, and they just wow. get sort of plastic wrapped in you know, and they get a little receipt. It turns out there's at least four kids down there who kind of
1: look like the uh, you know the von Klamp, the von Klamp. Uh, no,
0: <laughs> are you talking about like the sound of music? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> the von Trapp Champs, children. That's oh the one. my <laughs> god, yes. Oh, one of them seems to have like a a, a, a cue on the on the. Wow, it seems to be like a very sticky uppicue on the top of her head. I don't know what it is, yeah. It's like kind of like a, a Teletubby, like, poker out of the top of her hair. Head. Oh, my God, I don't these know. are some creepy children. It is, isn't it? Wow. Okay, I mean, we're very lucky that Erin had, uh, <laughs> when she went shopping, she went for some essentials, as she said. Yes. Would there be floss, lip liner? Weapons. I traded a pulse pistol. Some original Tarek deployers.
1: Cool, Although, yeah. Which is interesting because, like, apparently, like one peacekeeper gun like trades in for multiple other guns. She said, like, she, she handed in one of the peacekeeper weapons.
0: Yes, for a few original t- 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 deployers. Yeah. Tarek deployers, uh, which are <clears throat> apparently like their single-use, like explosive-firing weapons. Which what makes you think they're single-use? I don't know. Why else would you get multiple like grenade launchers for one pulse pistol?
1: Fair point. It looks a little bit elaborate to be a single-use weapon, but
0: yeah, who knows? I mean, uh, it opens the door quite handily. You'd yes. think that that would be uh, that would be useful. It's one of the. You made the comment that oh, fortunately, it's one of those shoot-open locks, not yes. one of the shoot-close locks. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and Sue, lots of kids running through corridors with Eren while John manages to get Dargo back in. Oh, actually, it turns out that John yes. gets like pulling one of the cables free. John. Learns why you tether yourself when you're working on the outside of a spaceship. Yeah, man. And he gets, like, pulled off and starts floating away. He manages to grab on. It happens again, but this time he gets rescued by Dargo, who has, like, come to again.
0: Helps him, like, free Moya from the last of the tethers so they can climb back aboard, but Dargo doesn't want to. He wants to sit and mope, and Crichton is a really
1: good wingman. Yeah, he sits there with him. He goes like, "I am not going back in without you." Uh, even as
0: Aaron guides the uh, guides the kids, I guess, through the tunnels. This all went a little bit faster yeah. than I could. Uh, and suddenly, uh, they're, could track. and
1: suddenly they're all on board. I guess they still had one of the uh, transport pods on board the ship that everybody could pile into.
0: Apparently, Crichton convinces Dargo to go back inside anyway because we see him running into the hangar bay, yep. getting ready to space the uh, the casket with Borlik inside, Which but... has gone
1: empty again because Borlik has escaped and she's managed to stuck herself to one of the doors. It took all my strength, but I was able to reconfigure the magnetics and stick here. By the time you cut me down, the storm will be upon us <laughs> like Morokovi.
0: Crichton is being a real asshole oh, oh yeah you win oh yeah you've bested us you're just too smart for us oh but that door it's detachable yes <laughs> <laughs> and you can see her going like no oh no more, more of her like uh, chanting yeah Crichton like calls up to pilot yep I'm clear hits the button blast them I'm through, clear detach the Look door through, 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 through. and suck this bitch through, through, through. out Pilot gets like
1: the creepiest laugh I have ever right? heard from him. <laughs> what
0: would, what was that like?
1: I don't know, but like pilot like was so incredibly gleeful at being able to uh, eject uh, Borlick from uh, Moya. Where did this come sh- from? Has he always been like this? But I don't know. I've I mean he's always he's, he's at worst we've ever seen him be a snippy as you wish captain your eminence we know that i warned you <laughs> leave me alone yes which exactly he, which is when he is at his best in my opinion like snippy <laughs> yeah. pilot is so funny this is just like creepy straight up so yes what we've kind of glossed over is that like turns out that borlick is the one who was uh Diverting the solar flares oh, yeah, and that's things. Right. Yeah, she's like she is cr- admitting conflict. some sort of signal. She's one of the religious fanatics who are objecting against the trade going on on the station and like Very trying to good. get the other ones destroyed. And whatever thing is she's doing, she's like diverting the solar flares or storms to intercede with her position, thereby trying to destroy the station. And, yep. like, the clock's been ticking through, the two arms have become one iron, and it's, like, definitely think there's a solar flare coming right at them, and they have to run away from it. Of course, when the door gets ejected with Borlax still stuck to it, there's, like, this, yeah. like, scene where you can see her flying through space at uh, this bright, almost lightning bolt-type solar storm thing. Yes. So flashing into it with ensuing a big explosion. It's fantastic it's, yeah that. it's gorgeous but it unfortunately it kind of gets a little bit like snowed under by the emotional baggage character development part of the episode no yes. it's
0: a really like it's a, it's such a strong it's the, b, it's the
1: b plot it's like unfortunately the fancy things which are happening on the space station are entirely the
0: b plot to the character development that's a really good point yeah. this is a total inversion of how star trek the next generation would handle it yes because, yeah, yeah, John and Aaron is kind of set up and then it's, I guess that plot is put on the bus, as you put it, for, yeah. a, for a wee bit. And, yeah, a lot of it is, we start off with Shiana and uh, and Jothy and then it becomes focused on, uh, Dargo. on Dargo and yeah. John and Dargo. Like, this is a really, like, well-constructed episode where no wonder the sort of cool, like, special effects plot yeah. kind of, yeah, it kind of drops to the background.
1: And with the immediate stress of the... Destruction being in the past, John comes back to Erin, uh, and this is where we get the scene where uh, he goes like, oh, well, about that like fluid relief, pressure relief that you were talking about. And He's she, maybe
0: changed his mind, and
1: so has she. she yeah, she's again completely blanking, which is, leads to my theory that like she's only horny under stress.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, fortunately for us, this is Farscape, so... <laughs> Right? Yeah, no.
1: But yeah, so that goes nowhere fast. Dargo, in the meantime, is using uh, Rigel's little Snoopy video cam
0: uh,
1: to uh, listen in on Chana and Jothy. Rigel
0: must have given him that. That's, yeah, very well possible. How else would he have found out
1: about it? I mean, yeah. he was busy with everything else. I'm not sure where he is, where this is taking place. Uh, well, he's looking looks on like the... he's in uh It looks like he's in the mess hall yeah. uh, when, when he's watching It looks like it. he's in the galley, but he's yeah. looking
0: at the same uh, sort of sea urchin holo, holo right. pod that you mentioned earlier.
1: Chana and Jothi have a little talk about how things were going, and Chana confesses to Jothi that she was getting cre- freaked out by Dargos. You know, Plans yeah. for the fu- for their future where she wanted no part of. And, and she knowing that him. Yeah, by knowing that, like, you know, the only way that she could get him to accept a no was to, like, hurt him in such a way that he was, like, not interested in more, anymore. Wow.
0: Yeah. Like, that is... I mean, I could sort of get Gianna's motivation, but holy shit. Yeah. I mean, it's like
1: they're young. I guess that's, like, the kind of thing that you come up with when you're young and lispers.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: And Jothi decides to leave. So we don't actually see him leaving, but it's like his departure is announced. Yeah,
0: that's what the the plot is about. So she she asks him, like, you're really going to leave without saying anything? And he tells her. Tell my father, if he'll let you, that I'm sorry. And then one day, I'll return. Come back from the bus. Yeah, and make it up to both of you. That's what uh, that's what Dargo sees him say while he's holding the other half of the marriage tattoo things. Which, hey, if he actually applies this to anyone, it'll look like a wing-wong. It'll look like it the kind a of a wing-wong yes. that you draw see, on the... I see what you mean. Like it as a looks a bit like an inverted fle- fleur
1: de but uh, I would say if I wanted to be generous about it. But yes, I can no, see... No, that's that. very generous, but like <laughs>
0: you've, you've been to like a, a no, train station no, bathroom I've stall that hasn't been cleaned in a while, and then there's this graffito of... Mevox.
1: And he sets it on fire, he activates it I guess which when it's not pressed up against someone means it just like Oh,
0: no, he's in the galley so he tosses it in the microwave.
1: Oh, okay. I thought he kind of just uh, in uh, uh, activated it without it being uh, pressed into someone's body and it just like caught fire.
0: Oh. Oh yeah, maybe does that. All right. So, yeah. <sighs> End credits. Hey, I didn't remember this being that much episode. No. They're, it's like, there's it's so something much about. Talk the, about yeah. yeah, it's something about the, like, really relationship episode. Okay, okay. So, huh, huh, huh. willies and woodies. Okay. She gives me a woody. She gives you the willies.
1: Right. My woody... The obvious one would be the special effects. So I think it's gonna be oh. t- to John being a little bit back more of his former self that he's like Ooh. John is being John again. He's like not being harassed by Harvey. He's That's right. He is back to his role of
0: family. Yes.
1: But also the keeping the crew together from a keeping the crew on track thing.
0: Oh my god, yes. He hasn't been able to do that in a while. Yeah,
1: he's been, like, having to pull along. And now he's, like, he's a support for Dargo when he needs it. He is yeah. like, he's running things when they're doing things that need to be done. Yeah, just, like, being efficient and a scientist in a way. Well, not particularly scientifical, but, like, you know, taking yeah. charge of things and doing things. Willie pilot's cackle laughter. is like, oh, that was like, that freak creeped me out. Yeah, it's like, oh my God. I like, bet are that we see- we're the only ones who who heard this. Are we seeing a side of pilot who is like, like we is have he- not seen before? It's like, is he seems he always so like this gleeful about just being able to eject her and getting to like having her zap by the uh, solar storm. Just is like- he
0: like this whenever like an evil biped dies? Is he just- I don't know. It's like he sort of mute all of his channels <laughs> and, and and just cackle and cackle. And he got another one. And then, go, you know, pause his Space Sudoku and talk to the other pilots. Ha, ha,
1: ha, One less biped to corrupt this universe. <laughs> Ooh, maybe, maybe they have, like, this, like, pilot bingo where
0: they get in, like, he gets to cross off <laughs> a square of like space. Oh, 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 I was doing so well. <laughs> oh. Okay, so now I want to see the, the malevolent pilot's... Bingo street. Space bingo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, actually, my Woody's probably going to go to Mordil. I really love, like, wild and wacky aliens of yes. the week. I, and I also love shops. I love space shops. And, like, having a bartender... Who's uh, just, like, this huge
1: arachnid-type thing with a human head face. Apparently, is like, Apparently.
0: Yeah. And, of course, we have the benefit of having seen those pages of the Creatures of Farscape book, which, which maybe if you look on Twitter, maybe he'll have... Posted a little screenshot of that. I don't know. I don't know what copyrights yeah. like. But sounds like, sounds like fair use to me. Yeah, exactly. That's what fair use is, yeah. isn't it? It's just whatever you can sort of get away with <laughs> yeah. most of the time. <laughs> to really sort of appreciate like this fantastic creation. I love that they're doing it. I love that they made a space bar with a space bartender. Yep. And for the Willy, oh... Actually it's gonna be Chiana because Dargo has not been a very cool person. No for quite a while. He's been very controlling of the people he loves. Yeah. He's been very insensitive to other people's feelings. And I can understand why Chiana is so feeling pressured, but still like she misused Jothi. Yes. Like, this was her intention. It was her intention to get caught somehow. And, yeah. like, that is a really frelled up thing to do. Yep. No, totally true. I don't even remember feeling that way when I watched it the first time. Because I was kind of swept away by the A-plot. I loved yeah. that the special effects were so cool. And that we're finally getting to see all our characters again. I must say, although it's like, it is, like, from Chiana's point, it's like a shitty
1: thing to do. Yeah. I love Gigi's performance in doing this. Yes, like, yeah. Same with
0: Dargo. Even though Dargo was being a shithead, Anthony Simcoe did amazing. They both did. Yeah. That's, Actually, all yeah. well, three did. The, the chemistry that the three of them had and the scenes that they had together. Fantastic uh, filming, fantastic story. Also, Matt Newton is not bad to look at without no, a shirt. No, no. He's, like, he's covered in puke.
1: Yeah, it doesn't like hurt the eyes very much, no. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> and that's the story so far, Scape.
1: We will see you in two weeks' time with episode 303, Coulda, woulda, shoulda, self-inflicted wounds, part one. Oh, interesting. In which the crew interrupts someone's nap, gets into a fender bender, and putting the worm in wormhole. Oh, my. (laughs) I'm I'm
0: down with that. That's coming in two weeks. Next week, we're going to do another uh, fanfic. And I've picked one that was recommended to us by uh, uh, Kathy, one of our Patreon supporters. It's called Life Lessons by Colonel Crash. So that's coming next week. And then after that, we're heading straight into uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda, uh, 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 self-inflicted wounds part one. Really excited about that. You can submit synopses for upcoming episodes, which we really, really need for uh, uh, for season three at sofarskept.com slash submit. You can help us keep the lights on here at So Studios by joining the Patreon at sofarskept.com slash support. And I've added a new handy-dandy form that if you have a favorite fan fiction that you really enjoyed that you'd like us to read, now do make sure that it's safe for K, right? No spoilers beyond the episode that we've seen most recently. Somewhere around the, like... Two thousand six thousand word mark thereabouts, and we particularly enjoy comedies. Uh, you can submit your favourites at sofarscape.com slash fanfic I'm Kaki. I'm Kay So, so far, get so are good. good.